0: Jumba. Chumbacasino.com No purchase necessary. Forward, believe it by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. <laughs> <laughs>
2: Patrons, <laughs> welcome to a TGIF Woo, party! Hard, it's Friday, and welcome to Lucas in the morning. you're Kind of a, a little bit creepy to me. Here's who'll be joining us for the Friday festivities at seven fifteen. It's our buddy Bags Andy Baggett from UW Raise your hand if you want to kick off the weekend early. Yeah, hell yes, ladies and gentlemen, please welcome Bill Johnson. And Rob Vogel
3: It is Lucas in the morning I am Bill Johnson, Rob Vogel to my left Good morning, sir Good morning, Bill, how are we today? I am good, the good doctor, Dr. J returns to the fray today Hello, doctor I'm a doctor, not a peeping Tom It's a good one I, I do like that one yeah. <laughs> yeah, He's good.
4: in an annoying state today, Bill oh, Look, you can see got, the Balkan jersey is I back. got a
3: little swagger my step well, it's, it was the it was the perfect game for a for a Penguins fan that also does a morning sports talk show. <laughs> yeah, yep, because nice. it was six nothing in the middle of the second period. It was like oh, yeah. we can pack this one in.
4: Uh, by the way, I didn't even mention when we were talking before we came on the air, why are there two boxes of donuts in here this morning? Who got these? Did you I, was, I, was up, str-
3: I was told it was Fritter Friday, and I'd, you know, since I'm not nearly in the same income class as, uh, as Uncle Lukey, <laughs> I had to just go out and get regular pedestrian gas station donuts. But there you I'm go. I'm a big idiot.
4: Yeah, for, first of all, thanks. That's awesome. Second of all, do these technically count, Doctor J, as fritters? Doesn't matter. It counts in right. my book. They're donuts. We don't care. Fr- We're not picky. They're
3: frittery. <laughs> yeah, they've got they've got their donuts. But they're 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 kind of you know they've got the frittery quality on the outside. Sure,
5: yeah. they're the
3: fritter quality. family. <laughs> they're like a cousin. <laughs> Is <of>. that fritter
1: <laughs> yeah. equality or frittery quality? It could be either. Okay,
3: you know? I just wanted it to make be, sure. It could be. Either. It's it's <laughs> one of those beautiful collections of words. These yeah.
6: particular
4: donuts are the you know the cousins that live at the trailer park that you see it occasionally. <laughs> yeah. at, at family get-together, like, eh, well, they're family. You know, they're still family. Look, we love them. Look, Rob, th- the guy brought us some
1: free
3: donuts, and you're going to
4: disparage nah, them like I, this? I don't know, I did man. not just call these Donuts hey, Trailer Park Them's Donuts, although I might words. have done if, that, you, yeah.
3: if, you can, if you can buy a dozen donuts and get a big coffee and get out a quick trip for under five bucks, wow. you're having a good day.
4: Did you really get a coffee that fills that entire mug? Oh yeah, holy yeah. smokes! Well, what they do? It's like they, the mega
3: gulp over yeah, there.
4: Yeah, they um, they,
3: once you buy one of these, because you buy them right there. Yeah, but once you buy one, they refill it for eighty nine cents, I think.
4: Nice. When I see a mug that big, and my wife, who loves coffee, it's you know like her addiction each morning to get her day started. I think of the great Dennis Miller bit when he was doing back in his heyday doing stand up. He used to have a bit where he talked about the big gulps that you could get. The okay, drinks, and, he goes, and then there's like the super big gulp, and he said. <laughs> Who could possibly need to consume that much liquid of any kind? doesn't even matter what you're putting in there. The man who just walked off the face of the sun doesn't need that much liquid to inject. Well, well, wait a it's minute. It's blow.
1: If there's alcohol in it. I mean, Wisconsin <laughs> does have 12 of the top 20 drunkest cities in America. So we probably need it.
4: But even if you're drinking alcohol. I don't want to. Let's say it's beer. I don't want a beer that big because it's warm by halfway through that. Well, thing. no. I mean, it's it's a it's like a thermos. That's why you got to make a mixed sure. drink in it. You know. Uh, I don't know. <laughs> you don't need that much. Well, that <laughs> of was, any sort of liquid. That it's was true. The, that
3: was the say. best tip that we took when we went down to Jamaica. Uh, some other Wisconsinites had gone along, and they said, "You know, the only thing about when you go to Jamaica, you're at the all inclusive." And they give you ten ounce cups of everything. He mm-hmm. said you probably want to take along some sort of thermal mug. So there we were, me and the misses, uh, in in our, uh, uh, and we we packed sparsely. You know, it, the second time we actually went with one suitcase. So we we packed sparsely to go down to Jamaica. But part of that uh, that space had to be taken up by our two Bubba cups that we bought. Two Bubba cups. Is that what <laughs> we're calling
4: them? as Bubba Cups. 30,
3: right? 32 ounce thermal mugs. And let me tell you. They work because you got. I had my thirty-two ounces of red stripe love that I was taking out to the beach, mm-hmm. and uh, and it was cold to the very end. It was fantastic.
4: Nice. I've never. Uh, what was Jamaica like? I've never been there.
3: Jamaica's fantastic. Yeah,
4: and, you know. And, and to be fair
3: though, and this is the way that we vacation, and people always say that we're being cheated. I don't think we are. We were paying to be at an all-inclusive resort. We
4: never left. Oh <laughs> yeah. no! Did you didn't go see much of it. Other see, we than just the did resort? that in
3: Mexico last yeah. summer. No, we just did. did yeah, I'll just sit by the pool, and drink some beer. To the beach, to the bar, to the water, to the beach, to the bar, and it was great. And they've got you know they've got different restaurants on site and stuff, and they've got entertainment and everything else. But. I mean that was that was the other thing too. I mean you start that early. I, we were going to bed by you know eight thirty or nine o'clock most nights.
4: You can't pace yourself at our age anymore. You no, no, you no. You don't have the staying power uh, as you would back in the college days. Is but but saying.
3: it's 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 a really it's a it's a neat place. And I when you hear about Jamaica, you you just hear about the dope,
4: obviously. Um <laughs> I, I did not associate that together right away <laughs> at all. But, but, I did not Bob Marley. No.
3: But, but no but as far as just a place to go where the service is great, the people are nice, um it it's you know I
4: it, every time I talk about it I sound like I'm a member of the Chamber of Commerce but And you liked it. You I think you brought this up the other day when we were talking about whether it's Jamaica specifically or somewhere in the Caribbean about uh, going there as opposed to going to Hawaii—that it's yes. not the—it's qu- better because it's not the eight-hour flight or whatever it takes to get. It's out closer.
3: Hawaii. It's closer. Yeah, yeah. It's a lot closer. No, the, the last time what we did, and I don't know, I, I have never thought of this before in other places because I am in radio. The last time what we did is we actually took our clock radio and tuned in and listened to local radio while we were there. Mm-hmm. That's a hoot.
4: What uh, I, What did you hear?
3: Well, it's it, most of most of what was on was was the were talk shows, and the thing about Jamaica is. When, when kids between one and five, they grow up speaking... A, it's a native dialect called Patois. Okay. And Patois, is it's kind of like Cajun. You know how Cajun is a mix of English, French, some Native American. There's a mix in there. There's like eight languages that go into Patois. Oh, boy. Um, and sometimes either the people that work at the resort or the people that we heard on the radio will fade off into Patois. Mm-hmm. And the best example I can give you... It kind of sounded like the way that the Gremlins spoke in Gremlins. Oh boy, I'm trying to remember. It's it where, where there's little, there's English mixed in that you can understand, but it's really, really fast. Okay. Um, but it would. But it, the, the one thing that I do remember from radio in Jamaica. Yeah. There was a commercial that they ran all the time, and they must have have a problem with people not paying their property taxes because they really, there was this public service <laughs> that announcement. That was the PSA they played, and, and it was, and it sounded like. And, and everybody down there is one of the sons of Bob Marley, too, by the way. I mean, he, you know, it, if if George Washington was the father of our country, you know, Bob, you know. But it, so it, it, this ad comes on, and it was on every break. And I just remember the chorus. It was, pay your property taxes. Just the oh my big goodness. reggae Wait, the band. Jingle. Was,
4: it was the general of Jamaican. Uh, yes, we see the yes, general yes. The, <laughs> the general ad. They had exactly. the general exactly. in Jamaica, exactly. and they actually had Bob Marley singing to pay your taxes. I can't believe that there was all this talk radio that you said down there. I just had this in my head that Jamaica, you're gonna go on, you're gonna flip on any radio station and be listening to Bob Marley or nope. music like Bob Marley's um at any some steel point. drums. If yeah the, any, exactly.
6: Any touristy areas
3: that you go to like the airport terminal and stuff, mm-hmm. there's two guys Bob Marley and Usain Bolt. That's sure. what you say. That that's it's all over the place. Yeah, it makes sense. Um and we sat both times we were there right by the, um, the gate where we were taking off was the uh, Montego Bay Airport uh, version of Jimmy Buffett's Margaritaville. So we would sit in there, mm-hmm. and the constant loop of videos that they had, it was either Jimmy Buffett, Bob Marley, or one of Bob Marley's children. And <laughs> honestly, Bob Marley must have like 57 children or something. Well, it's and, and they all play reggae except for the guy that played football at Miami.
4: It's it's uh, possible. Bob Marley uh, was a popular fellow uh, down in Jamaica. What? So, did you watch the uh, the hockey game last night? What did you, did you Watch the Brewer game uh, from the afternoon or rebroadcast? What did What did I, you end up I listened because
3: I because I was doing um, other stuff yesterday. Yep. Uh, so I was flipping back and forth uh, between uh, Mike Heller and Drew Olson. And, Ooh, I'm sorry, I'm unfamiliar and, with these people. And the Brewers, wow! wow. And my, Mike, Mike Heller and Drew Olson were doing a heck of a job promoting people to go over and listen to the Brewer game. Oh. No, and, and that's not to say that they were bad. It was just they kept saying, "Wow, the Brewer game's really great." And
4: I finally, I'm like, "Well, oh, maybe I should turn it." on. My, Mike likes to do a little play-by-play on the side of the sure, Brewer game. Sure. And I used to like to
0: Lucky Land Casino asking people, "What's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky?" Lucky. In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky?
1: I never win and tell.
0: Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.
4: Teasing for his uh, favorite part of the afternoon program. I I believe he's on in the afternoons, I think, on this (laughs) station. Uh, it was uh, it was like hot off the presses when the batting order came out for the Brewers. You know, teasing. Them, right. Coming up next, I've got the batting order for the Brewers. It's out. Like you know, bra- breaking news. Ryan Braun will be hitting third. There we you go. Know, Rob. By up. the way, I should
1: mention I produced that show yesterday. He uh-huh. was pretty nice. Uh, he was pretty nice to you. Oh, was he? So- Mike Heller is my
4: favorite afternoon
1: radio. <laughs> so I'm just saying. That I, I keep... just say before you keep bashing the show, <laughs> I, I, I
4: just want you to know that I like to just tease. You know, I love those guys. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah, that they, was where they again.
3: It was one of those games where you're you're glad as somebody that travels with a baseball team that you're playing the next day because mm-hmm. it, was, it was such an up-and-down game for them, such a roller coaster. They make the big comeback in the ninth inning, yep. and it looks like uh, Jet Bandy has uh, it, it makes contact, looks like he has the hit that's going to win the game. Their third baseman makes a big play, and then the Giants come in and score four runs.
4: I had a Little League game last night that I was coaching, and every once in a while you have to remind yourself, if I start watching too many Brewers games or Major League Baseball games, you start transferring what you're seeing and thinking, or your expectations, to your nine and ten year olds. You know, like, why is he not there for the cutoff? And I find myself being like, wait a minute. Slow down, slow your roll. Not like I'm mad at them, but like I don't understand what they're thinking. Oh, they're nine and ten. Years. So really, that's what they're thinking. So
1: really, you you start to accept their base running more because you
4: watch Jonathan VR. Is that what
1: you're saying? No, not even their base <laughs> running. It's Just
4: like the the, the one is The ball's hit to the gap in the outfield, and the outfielders uh. just stare at it and watch it go. Like, go get it, go get the
3: ball! Is, oh. is, is your criteria when choosing a right fielder? You look for the kid that's less likely to chase butterflies.
4: I there there's the, the most of it hey, as a our right sweet, wonderful I kids, that. but there are there a number of them like that, including my own kids. Sometimes my own kid was complaining about not getting to pitch. I said, "Are you complaining because our other pitchers is doing really well?" I don't get it right now. <laughs> so that's my own son. I played a lot of uh, second base and right field in my day, so I resent all those. Of that. Are two positions you can try to hide somebody once in a while? Yeah, yeah. there's a reason Until why. Until the I ball gets those. hit there, and you realize, damn, I tried to hit that kid there. Yep, I could never,
3: I could never get the throw from second. It was a weird angle. Um, yeah, you can see because of that feet. They're yeah. not sure
4: because they think they're so close, they don't have to actually throw the ball. Sure, and they sure. end up lobbing it too high or not even getting to Put a little oomph into the ball, kid.
3: Yeah, no, oh, well.
4: I, it is Lucas in the morning.
3: Lucas in the morning. I'm Bill Johnson. Along with Rob Vogel and Dr. J. That is uh, B Johnson 613, at B Johnson 613 on Twitter, at Rob Vogel. Notice I do stop a little bit at Rob because there's two Bs.
4: There is two Bs, that extra B. Thank you. Where
3: did the second B come from, anyway?
4: All right, here goes the story again. <laughs> um, told it so many times. Well, I look, feel bad if you too. add a
3: second B, you have to expect I people to di- add
4: I didn't add a second B. It wasn't me that did it, my mother did. So I always knew my name to be Rob with two B's. The and then the next question usually is, well, I don't understand if your real name is Robert, do you spell Robert with two B's? No, not everybody who has a name that way ad just doesn't spells it that way. Anyway, the story was is that my name is real name is Robert. Um, so is my grandpa's, her father. Okay, uh, he was always Bob. Right, everybody's Bob. She did not want me to be a Bob though. So she went with Rob with two B's was the reason. Now there's something in the name book. When you look at the names of what the second B, you know, for a Rob is spelled like what it means. Um, so there's only a couple of I came across like it was a broadcaster in the Twin Cities growing up who was Rob Lear who spelled it with two B's and then a couple others that've come across not many but uh, but there's been a few so that was the second B and then they made a joke out of it like some of the TV stations work at the second B stands for basketball you know when you're doing your, <laughs> your sports coverage kind of thing oh I got a uh, I got a People definition say of the Rob. second B would stand for bozo in some cases I got the uh, the baby
1: book meaning of Rob here with oh, two B's great what do you're, we got you're gonna like this sure. abbreviation of Robert uh, mm-hmm. it says famed bright. Shining. Mm. Those are your three words. Well, clearly that is a 100% <laughs>
4: accurate description of yours, truly. Wow. Thank you. Wow, that's something. This reporter has learned. So that was the story behind the uh, second P. See, that's that's the interesting
3: thing is a lot of times when somebody's a junior or they're named after a relative that they're around a lot of times, mm-hmm. um, they'll have to come up with a different name for them, Otherwise, people will get confused. Right. I, I've seen that. I, I, when I grew up, I played softball with a guy whose name was Don, and his dad's name was Don. And everybody called him Rick. And, and my question was always, well, why didn't they just call you Rick to start with? Yeah.
4: Um, we, we have a, in, uh, in Little League, one of the first things we do is we try to give everybody nicknames. We just have everybody sit on our, tell me your nickname. Or we'll make one up for you right then, okay. there. because sometimes you know we have 13 kids in the it's team. Like, You're going through different season scenes. Sometimes it takes the coaches a little while to get every kid's name down or remember the faces when they're underneath the hats and all it's stuff. It's
3: like that scene from Animal House with John Blutarski. Yes, your Delta Tau guy name is Pinto. Why? Why, why, why not? not?
4: Exactly. <laughs> uh, so last night we had a case. Where one of the other coaches <laughs> yelling at a kid at third base. He's trying to tell him to move. You know, wherever stand over here. And he's, he's yelling a name. Hey, hey! And the kid looks up and goes. I'm not so and so. My name is you know such, <laughs> such and such. I think Coach well. Whatever your name is, move over there and do that. Well, like, see, yes, exactly.
3: Now no, the, the the problem is is we've gotten rid of actual nicknames. You know, you would come up with with they used to have creative nicknames. Yeah. You know, like and the the papers would make them up. Maybe that's it because we don't have. We're not as reliant on articles as we used to be, but like we don't have writers anymore. That's
0: why I don't read the newspaper. Yes,
3: the splendid splinter, you know. Yes, beautiful. You know the uh, the the bambino, the say hey kid. You had all those great nicknames:
4: Mordecai, three finger brown. Three finger
3: brown. Well, that one he kind of earned. Yeah, you know, Uh, the the babe, (laughs) the babe. Yeah, I mean, shoeless Joe. Yeah, come on. You you had you had fantastic nicknames. Hammer and um, Hank. Now, it, now all it is morphed into now is your first initial and the first syllable of your last name. You know,
4: that's all that managers can do in their post game. B Dub. Yep, that or. Um If your name is uh, A Rod, K Rod, I Rod, yeah, you know, or Jonesy, you know, something like that, or Vogues or Vogie, well, that's Rogers. Rogers does that.
3: Everybody on the Packers has a nickname, but it's the same theme. There was one
1: guy though who had a good nickname from Rogers. That would be uh, Tim Mastay. Oh yeah, Ginger Wolverine. Ginger Wolverine.
3: Now that's that's an old school
4: nickname. Yeah. Uh, Did Crabtree have one? I'm trying to think. Crabby. Well, probably (laughs) Crabby. (laughs) Yeah. Coon? No. Oh, I thought he had one for Tausha, but I can't remember now.
3: Yeah, so that you're just right. Kabi, Ra- Tab- 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 there's Crabby Tab- and Kabi. Tab- 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 um, oh no, he called uh, Aberdare's Magic Magic because his name was kind
4: of like Abracadabra. Yes, mm. it's um, a little those clever. So, and those okay. are so much better when you come up with something like that. that that's fun. Yeah. No, I agree. There there aren't those So those I hope that's what you're though. doing with your nicknames <laughs>
3: no. with with the 10-year-olds.
4: You know that we ha- we hadn't talked about all week uh. uh and it really hadn't gotten much buzz at all was Albert Pujols hitting his 600th home run. Yeah. Why is that? Why do we not care? Why is nobody really talking about that? I mean, that's a huge milestone. See, and
3: and I think the problem here Pujols fits into that club for me uh with guys like Piazza and Bagwell um Guys of that era that put up monumental numbers and guys that are going to have a taint on those monumental numbers because other people got nailed for doing steroids at the time. And because the assumption is, this is why it took Piazza with his numbers as a catcher. Right. This is why it took Piazza so long to get into the Hall of Fame. Because you looked at Piazza's numbers, and I think this is where he and Pujols are very similar, where you look at where they were drafted. I mean, Piazza obviously the story where he was fifty sixth round or something, and Tommy Lasorda took him as a favor to somebody. Mm-hmm. Who else was like a twenty? I mean, he was he was a late was round a, draft like pick, forty something or other. Round. Yeah, yeah, he yeah. was
4: like forty fourth round so, or whatever it is they go to it was as a favor to Tommy Lasorda. Yeah. It
3: would it would be it would be a great story, if not for steroids and what they meant to baseball. Doctor J alluded to it before. Nobody cares in the NFL if somebody does steroids. There, there, are, there are people that have done steroids that are going to go to the Hall of Fame on the first ballot. There are people that got hit, you know, for four-game suspensions. Nobody cares about steroids in the NFL for some reason. There's testing in the NBA. Have we heard of anybody getting pinched for steroids in the NBA wait, yet? Wait, uh, Hito Turkoglu, um and one other dude who I can't remember. So and no hockey? They, I, I think right at the beginning, they got a couple of the thugs in hockey mm-hmm. for riding up. But other than
4: that, nothing. No, there's a morbid, uh recreational drugs. Theo Fleury's had some uh, issues. we well, um, drinking and drugs. Ty Domi. Yeah, <laughs> there's been guy. some other guys for that uh, sort but, of thing.
3: but I think Pujols, unfortunately, fits into that category. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere.
2: Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom?
1: Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo, and we lost track of time.
2: (gasps) No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky.
0: Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.
3: Category where he played in that era, and there are some people, and I think it's totally unfair... That are just going to make the assumption that he was on something, even though he never got te- he never tested positive for anything. It, right. There was never any type of a hint other than speculation. And the other thing with uh, with Pujols is that he's he's kind of living in anonymity now. Instead of playing for one of the most high profile teams in baseball, right. he's playing for the ugly stepsisters out in Los right. Angeles,
4: which is weird in one sense. It's Los Angeles. This is a huge market, a market the NFL was dying to get back into. Sure. You know, they have a huge television contract through the Anaheim Angels, a big chunk of change, which helped them be able to afford paying people like Albert Pujols and bringing him into the to the team a few years back when the Cardinals realized that they weren't going to be able to, to pay that kind of money. So it's weird. He should get a lot of attention being in a major market like that. But, you know, even though we known steroid user and liar, Alex Rodriguez got While it was not as much as, say, somebody else who'd done it previously, even Barry Bonds or whoever, he was in New York City, which we know the world revolves around any athlete who plays for the New York Yankees, good, bad, and ugly, which, by the way, will be coming up at 7.45. (laughs) Wow. That was shameless. Thank you very much. Nice little plug for the segment. But it's just weird how it seems to have fallen on complete deaf ears. You almost have to remind yourself oh, that's right. He hit 600. He's up there among the nine players who've ever hit 600 home runs in the major leagues. Yeah, and
3: it was similar with Tommy. Remember when that happened? And I don't think there was as much of a steroid whisper with Tommy. Um just no. and it's it's so strange with with the steroid thing. It's all about perception. You know, what was the thing about Ken Griffey? Well, there's no way Ken Griffey ever did steroids cuz he was the same size when he started as he was when he left. That doesn't mean anything. Right. I mean, it, 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 it literally doesn't mean anything, and I think that's the thing with Tomy as well. People look, oh, he was just big, country, strong guy. There's no way he ever did them.
4: Well, especially if you're older, you're supposed I used to, there, a guy you know, I'm sure, Tony Kornheiser, mm-hmm. who, listen to him on the radio. I'd get so frustrated all the time because when he would talk about steroids and performance enhancing drugs when it first really became a big deal, always would just associate it with, you've got to be this massive, muscular, you know, Mark McGuire-like figure. When we know that the Andy Pettits of the world were taking PEDs to help them recover. Guys were taking them for different reasons to do different things. It didn't always have to be the massive giant of a man. But um, someone like Albert Pools, even though nothing's been associated with him, gets lumped in there, as you said.
3: The only reason it was a big deal, it was a big deal because of Sosa and McGuire in the big home run chase. And it was a big deal because of Bonds, because people saw in in the future right. that Barry Bonds was definitely going to break Hank Aaron's home run record, and as with so many other things in Barry Bonds' life, he's such a deplorable personality yeah. that
4: people didn't want him to succeed, and they no. especially didn't want him to pass Hank Aaron. My 10-year-old all the time says, yeah, Barry Bonds is number one, but Hank Aaron's a real home run champ, because Barry Bonds cheated. Oh, I, good for him. I have a
3: hot take on Hank Aaron then, too. It's oh, Lucas no. in the morning. Lucas in the morning, Bill Johnson, Rob Vogel, and Dr. J, and joining us now on his way to the Valley of the Sun, nice enough to join us a little bit early, it is the Prince of Darkness, Tom Haudricourt. Tom, good morning.
7: Good morning, I'm, I'm getting to witness something that's as cool as it gets, there's a, uh, a Milwaukee Honor Flight leaving Mitchell Field here in a few minutes to take uh, war veterans to uh, the memorials in D.C., and it's beyond cool, it's... If you don't feel patriotic here at Mitchell Field this morning, there's something wrong with you.
3: You know, and it's interesting, Tom, just because um, growing up around so many World War II vets, I mean, I had relatives, uncles, you know, people like that. It is a great story. But what's incredible now is just how few World War II vets are actually left. I mean, if if you do the math, I think in order to get into world war ii legally even if you got in at the very end you've got to be like 89 or 90 years old at this point right
7: yeah we're we're losing them every day and it's so cool i was just talking to one of my neighbors uh in bayside tom drought he was a korean war veteran he's on the flight and you know these guys have never seen these memorials the world war ii memorial which took way too long to get built in dc but finally did is just fantastic and uh all the war memorials are basically in that same area over by the lincoln monument and uh it's just the coolest thing every time I go to uh d c with the to cover the brewers I try to find my way over there and the all the memorials are both uh haunting in a way but also uh uplifting and uh And what a great tribute. And just seeing these guys out there, they played the National Anthem two or three times. I feel like I'm at a doubleheader.
4: (laughs) (laughs) Tom, before we talk about uh, some brewers, we were just discussing last segment about uh, Albert Pujols and hitting his 600th home run last weekend. And why there seemed to be so little buzz or attention for him. He's still in an elite club that's hit 600 home runs. And he's not the polarizing figure that Alex Rodriguez uh, is and was. And yet, he still got more media attention—a lot more media attention. Now, granted, part of it being in New York City versus Anaheim, but why? Why do you think there has been such little discussion, fanfare, hype, all of that over Pujols reaching the 600th milestone?
7: Yeah, Drew Olson and I talk about this all the time. If it happens out west, it happens in a vacuum to us. We're all in bed when these guys play. Mm-hmm. I hear there's a really good player out there named Mike Trout. <laughs> yeah, you know, yeah. I, I know he's—I know he's hurt now, and. But he's won a couple of MVPs and probably should have won more. We never see him play. You know, they they play out on the West coast. We just don't see him. And, and it's weird, you know, with our modern deadlines in the paper, that stuff doesn't make the Journal Sentinel. You can read it all online, but it doesn't make the newspaper. And it's just like, I wonder if everybody east of the Mississippi knows that two-hole a is 600 home run.
5: Right.
4: Yeah, and you know what's it's funny, though? You were saying about, like, Mike Trout and joking about him. In terms of how marketing in Major League Baseball should be, every kid, as far as I know, though, in Little League that I coach, all know who Mike Trout is. They all want to be number yeah, 27. Yeah. They all love Mike Trout and for what he is. And I love watching Mike Trout. So you'd think you'd want want—I'd build an entire marketing campaign about this guy and then hoist him up, you know, put him up on a pedestal because this guy's so good and marketable, you would think.
7: Yeah, he's everything that's good about the game, you know. Uh, and, and also, to come up so young... I I, I know a lot of Brewers fans will never get over the fact that in that draft Mike Trout was taken by the Angels and then the Brewers had the next pick and got Eric Arnett. Um, (laughs) has Has there ever been two picks more disparate in what they did that are back-to-back in the first round of the draft.
3: So so what what you're saying, Rob, is you don't want all your 10-year-olds emulating Bryce Harper? You don't want them flipping the bat and running out to the mound and I, all that good I stuff? I don't want them
4: doing that, but they know who <laughs> Bryce Harper is too. Oh, but sure. the, the funny thing yeah. is, too, is they know Bryce Harper maybe more so because Bryce Harper gets, a, as, as Tom was mentioning about where it happens East versus West, Bryce Harper gets tons of attention and hype and coverage and all these things. And, you know, much of it well-deserved. He's a great ball player. But it, you know, it pales in comparison to the amount of coverage that Mike Trout gets compared to Bryce Harper. And Mike Trout is every bit, if not more so, the player than Bryce Harper is. Yeah, I'm
7: telling you guys, it's all about time zones. Uh, Bryce Harper <laughs> operates in the Eastern time zone, and, and Mike Trout operates in the Western time zone. It's it's all about what what news you're able to stay up late enough to assimilate
3: (laughs) Tom Hardercourt joining us and and Tom yesterday the Brewers with that big comeback looked I mean for a split second it looked like Jet Bandy had uh, had gotten the game winning hit for them Uh, it was a, a nice play down at third base and then as we went to the tenth, and Barnes came in, I caught myself going, "Well, this guy's dealing. They they set this up perfectly to have him available for this. Uh, he has been really good. What happened to him in the tenth yesterday?
7: Yeah, it just shows you how unpredictable baseball can be. So if you don't think it's a game of inches, as you just said, Jeff, any hits a rocket, the third baseman Nunez makes a leaping catch. If it's like an inch higher, you know, it goes down the line, they win the game. So they they go from Almost winning. They to losing by four run. You know, baseball is just so, so unpredictable. And, you know, they're, they're having a tough year in extra innings. I, I want to say they're two and seven. Yeah, you know, They've lost about five or six in a row. They just don't do well. They don't do well in extra innings and they don't do as well at home. So they kind of need to play nine inning games on the road, I think.
3: You know, It might have been lightning in a bottle, and I know he's pitched really well, but watching it on Wednesday when Barnes came in, and I think he was pitching to Brandon Crawford, he may, in my opinion, he threw the perfect pitch. He threw the pitch where if you could throw it every single time, right. you would do it, and maybe this is why Mariano Rivera was so good, but he threw him a 93-mile-an-hour cutter on the inside corner at the knees. That's, that's, that's an unhittable pitch. If you could throw that every time, you would be in the Hall of Fame. It is unhittable,
7: and and you know I don't know if he was tired yesterday or just off. It's you know he basically couldn't get it out. Uh It's very unlike him. Um, yeah, who knows what was going on? Every pitcher has his day, you know. No, no one's always good, but he's been he's been mostly good. Yeah, but that, that was just one. You know, they have absorbed some really really tough losses, late losses, because sure. They have a lot of late-inning losses, a lot of bullpen losses. The good news is that means they've been in all, almost all their games. They hardly ever get blown out. But yeah. the bad news is, you know, they haven't won as many of them as they'd probably like to. They're, you know, I, we talk about this all the time, about how how do you feel about the Brewers' record? And what I mean by that is it's probably better than we thought it would be, but people that agonize over the games they'd like to get away say, well, they could be 10 over 500. So, But this is probably... Craig Craig Council's favorite saying is, you are what your record says you are, and I think that's a true comment.
4: You think he got that one from Bill Parcells, (laughs) who used to say that all the time in the NFL. The Brewers had to go to the bullpen early and often yesterday, and one of those that uh, marched out to the bump was Willie Peralta, who in an inning and a third gave up a couple of runs. Since he moved from the starting rotation to the bullpen, how has Willie Peralta been as a reliever? How is he making that adjustment, and how is he kind of you know, taking on this challenge? Because I'm sure he wants to be back in the starting rotation at some point.
7: Yeah, he had a couple of good outings out of the pen at the start of then. He's scuffled a lot since then. He's probably, I think he is having trouble making that adjustment. You know, it's a very different getting hot in the bullpen real quick and coming in from, you know, the long warm-up that you have when you're a starting pitcher. He does seem to be, uh, you know, struggling to make that adjustment. And it's just going to be interesting to see if they're able to stay with it, you know, they've just they've got a lot of issues in their bullpen, which has led to their uh, all the late losses that I was just talking about. They have some guys that are dependable and some guys that are that have run really hot and cold. You know, their starting rotation actually has been pretty daggone good for several weeks now, and that hasn't been the issue. But they also are using their pen a lot. You know, they had to cover six innings yesterday because uh, spot starter Paulo Espino only went four. If you look, it, they're second in the in the majors in innings pitched out of their bullpen. That, that's a recipe that's not going to be favorable over the course of the long season.
3: Well, the Prince over the years has come up with some of my favorite lines, but for right now, as he's headed out to the Valley of the Sun, it, what do you think about the dry heat in Arizona, Tom?
7: <laughs> you can stick your head in a microwave and it's dry heat, but I, I wouldn't advise you doing <laughs> it. So uh... That's what I think of 115 degrees dry heat. It's still blazing hot. And let's put it this way. They closed their roof for a different reason than the brewers closed theirs.
3: All right, Tom. Thank you so much.
7: All right. You guys have a good day. Thanks,
3: Tom. The Prince of Darkness, Tom Hodrecord. It's Lucas in the Morning.
2: Shooting
7: and story from the left wing circle. Kenny Malkin beats 3 and the Penguins have a 3 0 lead. Oh, how
0: much fried chicken can you eat? Kenny Malkin, the blistering
3: shot from the left wing circle.
4: What does that even mean, Bill? I don't that, know what uh, that means. That 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 is is that mean?
3: That's Mike Lang. I, and you know what? As, as a guy that thought of himself as a somewhat irreverent play-by-play guy. Mike Lang is one of my heroes. Just because... He comes up with different stuff. His big line for years and years years was he beat him like a rented mule. Right. I don't know if PETA got on him for that or, or what the story was, but you don't hear him do that one and that much anymore. But now he just he does all kinds of different calls.
4: Well, the other one that I always associate with him is scratch my back with a hacksaw. Oh,
1: that's my favorite. <laughs> that, we have one. some more if you guys would like to hear them. I, I don't well, know. Who's <laughs> the guy before
4: you get to that while you're keeping that uh, The guy with, we talked about this a long time ago. The guy with the Florida Panthers, he comes oh. up with one. In fact – Listeners will email or tweet into him different movie line suggestions. They're all movie lines. Okay, I think is his theme. Yep. So there's a lot of Will Ferrell from yeah. <laughs> you know old school to whatever Will Ferrell flick has got a great line that he'll use those all the time.
3: Well, it was Kenny Mayne was kind of the originator of that in doing highlights where he would, you know,
4: I am a golden god. <laughs> he would do that, but the one I always remember that seemed like to be very different, and at first I wasn't sure whether I liked it or not. But for him, for some reason, it was his personality, and I liked it. Was Craig Kilborn? Oh yeah, he did that. Like Pooh Richardson used to be his guy because mm-hmm. I, I didn't even know it at the time that that Kilborn was from Minnesota and he was a big Timberwolves fan. And so you know, poo poo choo Mrs. Robinson, you know, <laughs> poo for three kind of thing. And so he did a whole bunch of uh, splash, you know, you know, spot up shoot three splash, yeah. you know, all, whatever all happened to him disappeared off the face of the earth. I've done I have actually google searched him several times to yeah. find out where or what he's doing. He was like writing or producing something. Uh some sort of show I thought, but I haven't done it in a while to see what he was up to. He was he was
3: on the fast track, you know. He oh, was yeah. he was one of those first guys that left ESPN mm-hmm. where
4: everybody said, "Well, what's he going to do?" And then he ended up getting
3: he was late night.
4: He had right? yeah, he had the Daily Show. Right. Uh he then was the Late Late Show. He had that on after uh, Letterman. Uh, then he had, um, let's see, oh, he had done some bit parts in movies like uh, uh, Old School that I sure. mentioned. Yeah, he was in yeah. that one and and a couple others, and then just gone. Right, there's nothing other than now when you see a flashback, ESPN. Uh, promo. That's about it. Hey, by the way, Bill, hot off the presses before... Oh, you want to get your goal calls? So let's go. Oh, let's, no, no, let's tee it up. We no, let's don't teed have up to. Literally, let's tee it up, because I have some golf news for you. So it's golf news or your hockey call, if you want to go with that. Alright, let's uh, start off with a uh, former Badger, huh?
7: Crosby. dish okay. it off to Hornquist. Back to Crosby. To Schultz. Judy scoring! Justin Schultz from 60 feet! The Penguins take the lead! 1-0! nothing oh, getting the fast lane, Grandma! The bingo game is ready to roll! <laughs> Pittsburgh Penguins down the right wing with Wilson and Kessel gets it to Kessel in the high slot. Mister it a- hey! scores the wrist shot by Kessel makes sorrow and the Penguins have a five nothing lead. Oh, buy Sam a drink and get
2: his dog one too.
7: <laughs> Will Kessel hooks the Donny Phil delivers.
4: Yeah, anyway, I had to pat myself on the back when we were making our predictions with Brian Posick yesterday. I predicted the Penguins would bounce back and called Phil Kessel and Malkin. As the two guys would be talking about, Kessel with a goal and assists. assist. I know Malkin, you were joking about oh, had the Gordie Howe hat trick There was last no night. joking about that. He did have a Gordie uh, Howe which, hat trick. Which, for those that don't know, is a goal, an assist, and a fight.
1: And kind of, if you count Crosby's uh, face-pushing incident as a
4: fight, he right. had one too. Face-pushing, is it? You mean when he played uh, with Subban's head like it was a basketball and started dribbling it? Well, maybe if <laughs> yeah. Subban
1: wasn't, you know, uh, trying to Holding onto a, his leg for dear life. life. No, yes, no yes. he was trying to twist his ankle. He was trying to injure him on All purpose. All because
4: of a bad, breathless dream
1: comment. <laughs> yeah.
4: Uh, the Tea Times are out for the U.S. Open oh. next week at Aaron Hill's. So uh, immediately, of course, I we went to look where uh, Steve Stricker's playing on the among those Tee times. Phil Mickelson will not be playing, as you remember. So he no, not look wait. for his name.
3: No, because I. This is another one of the things I heard Mike and Drew talking about yesterday. They've got they've got Steve Stricker with Stuart Sink and Phil Mickelson. Uh, let me look at the pair here. I, yeah, They're I heard a It's like other a other two. Oh, yeah, yeah,
4: yeah, yeah, there it is. Well, he hasn't officially withdrawn yet. It's likely. I mean, barring something happening last second, he could decide to play. Uh, like the school decided to move up graduation day or move back graduation day <laughs> just for Phil <laughs> to be able to do it. So as of right now, he's planning on not playing, but he hasn't officially withdrawn yet. So somebody else could be in that group. But you mentioned them. So they will tee off uh, at 220 on Thursday over at Aaron Hills, and then 8.35 for round two, teeing off number one. So it's Stricker, Sink, and Phil Mickelson. A couple of headline groups to look for, uh, Masters champions, a couple of them all paired together. Bubba Watson, Adam Scott, Sergio Garcia tee off at one thirty-six. 1.36. Uh, Jason Day, Justin Rose, Rory McIlroy all paired together. 209, they're just a little bit in front of Stricker's group. And where did uh, my guy go? There he is. Jordan Spieth with Martin. It
0: is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper, a woo a hand clapper, a high-fiver? I kind of like the high-five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At ChumbaCasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino-style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses, so don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.
4: Keimer and Dustin Johnson, the reigning U.S. Open champions. So the past two Open champ three Open champions all playing together starting at 8 8- Thirty-five.
3: What's the latest they send anybody out? What's the latest tea time? Do you know right off the top of your it's, head?
4: It's uh, it's usually like around two thirty, three thirty-three o'clock. Maybe yeah. goes all the way through because they rotate. They teeing off one and ten at the okay, same time. Okay. Then they have a gap, and then they have like an afternoon session of tee off going on. So they're usually chasing the sunlight at the end of the first and second round. Lucas
2: in the morning. <laughs> yee Patrons! Ha-ha! <laughs> welcome to a TGIF. Woo, party, party, it's Friday! And welcome to Lucas in the Morning. You're kind of a, a little bit creepy to me. Here's who'll be joining us for the Friday festivities. At 7.15, it's our buddy Bags, Andy Baggett from UWBadgers.com. Raise your hand if you want to kick off the weekend early. Yeah, hell yes! Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome Bill Johnson. And Rob Vogel. Lucas
3: in the morning. Bill Johnson along with you, Rob Vogel and Dr. J. I'm a doctor, not a zookeeper.
4: The, uh, the open there by uh, Eddie reminded me a little bit the way he said Rob Vogel there and held on to it. it. reminded me of my guy growing up, Kirby Puckett. Some of the great words, you know, Kirby pocket oh yeah well and, and for uh brewer fans it was Sixto
3: Lescano
4: anybody else of uh brewer fame that back in the day where they, they well, really held on to those oh, and 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 th- the, the one
3: that folks in the Madison area will obviously remember right, for sure Dan, yeah. Yeah, that sure and joining us now to answer the musical question what did Sean Wheeler say to the River Falls head coach <laughs>
6: <laughs> here's Brian Posick hi No, that's Brian Brian Posick. Sean Wheeler, a rugged forward. Rugged. UW-Stevens Point, and the Pointers and Falcons used to... Get after it back in the day. My my encounter with
3: with Sean Wheeler. I had a couple of different encounters with Sean Wheeler, but the one that wasn't particularly pleasant was we were having a Halloween party at my house. Yeah, yeah. And uh, and Wheels showed up, <laughs> and I happened to be dressed like Bob Marley. Oh, and uh, like and,
6: you are every day. Yeah, you and, just talked about and, him last night. And,
3: and and Wheels Wheels was not thrilled with that. No, Wheels <laughs> was not not happy with the fact that uh, no, okay. that I was dressed like Bob Marley. But funny. No, he was uh, he was an interesting cat. Yes, I just uh, my last encounter with him was at Partners Pub in Stevens Point, Wisconsin, where um, they had just won, and they were supposed to go meet the governor. 1989, yeah. and, And Wheels in in very uh, vulgar fashion, saying how he's not going to,
4: to meet Tommy Thompson.
6: Yeah, So
3: he was, was a, a little left. <laughs> Brian,
6: yeah. thanks
4: for coming in here. So you can now take a turn at patting myself on the back, predicting yeah. the Penguins bouncing back, yeah, and throwing out the names of Kessel and Malkin how as being that? the stars. And yeah, yeah, yeah. Kessel I might as well, well throw Crosby points. in there, too, you know, just pick the big guys. Three
6: assists. Justin Schultz scored the first goal of the game in a 6 nothing route, and Pecorino gets pulled after the first period. You know, Catfish uh, didn't
4: make it onto the ice, but that's about it, as close
6: it, it as the it. got it. to was, any yeah, celebration. That was
4: about it.
1: What a shame that game was. Man, it's yeah, just was so it was bad. It's like oh, I was watching the NBA You playoffs.
4: know what? That must have been one of the worst blowouts in the history of Stanley Cup final play, Bill, I would, it would think. It would, be, it? It. it would be great if we had a list. A, a list? Did you say a list?
2: He's got a list, and he's checking it twice. It's time for Uncle Lukey's List. Here's Uncle Listy. Uh, I mean, no, Uncle Lukey.
3: It's replacement Uncle Listy with our list today. Uh, the biggest blowouts in Stanley Cup Finals history. Uh, this one goes back to 1991, and our friend Rob uh, Vogel will remember it well. I gotta go
4: get something. I gotta see a guy in the other room. I'm it
3: was back. at the uh, where did they? It wasn't the St. Paul Civic Center. Met Center. The, yeah, Met, the Center Met Center in uh, in Blue Minneapolis. Lincoln, yeah. Game six. Mario Lemieux and uh, oh. and Jeremy Jagger and the uh, and the Pens.
4: Whatever happened to those guys? <laughs> I, yeah.
3: Mike Lang had a bunch of good calls I that sure night because it was Penguins
4: eight, North Stars nil. Oh. Party hard. Ouch. <laughs> Didn't show up to play right, No, no, doubt no. Badger Bob Johnson coaching
6: that team to their first Pittsburgh, Stanley yeah, Cup. Yeah. yeah, and they won it again the following year, and his name was on the Cup even though he had passed away the summer prior. And Scotty yeah. Bowman led the way on that. To yeah. Took over for Bob exactly. Johnson first exactly. passing.
3: All right, second biggest blow, and That's actually a tie. Uh, 1996 Stanley Cup Finals. Uh, the Avalanche and the Panthers, Colorado, Prevails at the Pepsi Center. I think it was a Pepsi Center at that point, or were they still in McNichols Arena? It could have been. Yeah, nineteen ninety six. It was eight uh, one. I wonder if, speaking of the uh, Gordie Howe hat trick, I wonder if Claude Lemieux may have had the Gordie Howe hat trick <laughs> that have, night.
4: Could have. We, um, we were talking about uh, the Florida Panthers announcer and his calls. Yeah, Randy The Miller. other thing that they had going a tradition at that time that made their run to the Stanley Cup final. Uh, was throwing uh, rats, plastic yep, rats, yep. onto the ice because the team had found a rat in their locker room. Somebody swatted it with their stick, killed it, and so they decided the rat was their new good luck charm. Sure, and so people sure. threw plastic rats, thousands of them, on the ice. Here is one uh, fairly
3: recent from the, I believe, from the TD Center, uh, 2011 Game Three,
4: Bruins eight, Canucks one. <laughs> That was another that was another uh odd series of like where home ice advantage meant a lot, I think, yeah. early on. This yeah. one has turned into that where it's like the NBA all of a
6: sudden, home yeah, court advantage five, really five, matters. Five basic blowouts uh, so far in the in the Stanley Cup final and I'm not sure if Nashville can bounce back from this. You know, they, they got their lunch handed to them and Peccarina, who was really good in three and four, I'm not sure if, you know, where's his confidence at Ryan. Right
4: yeah. never underestimate the power of the
6: catfish yeah. nor Carrie underwood okay
4: she yeah. will be belting out the anthem okay. for game Man, it's six it's gonna run out at some point it's here. the
6: last chance is now game six yeah the best player on the ice last night was crosby though he was he was from, sensational from the get-go he dominated that
1: game big players
3: show up and make big plays oh. in big games let me
6: write that down dr J. thank you <laughs> okay so, got it
4: so i don't know
3: i don't know how deep we go on this list yeah. but i want to get at least one more in because dr no, J. because dr J. loves my old timey radio voice i do so much That's Let's go back to 1942. Oh, boy. We oh all boy. took the train up to Toronto to hear Foster Hewitt during the game <laughs> at the Maple Leaf Gardens. And that night, the Leafs hammered the Wings by a score of nine to three. <laughs> pip pip, cheerio to you!
4: There we go. You oh, got your boy. voice in again. Very yeah. nice. Brian oh, yeah, will be yeah, using nice. that one this year at the Cole Center. No, I, I think, won't. No, he no, probably not. Or probably Ian not. will be using it in his analysis. Maybe Ian would. Yeah. yeah. Well, it just out of
3: those out of those first few, though, I think the the one thing that they had in common. <clears throat> the team that got blown out didn't come back and win the series.
6: Yeah, but what we've seen, though, is is uh, teams that have been blown out the night before, or at least it's happened twice now in, in this series, the team that's been blown out comes back the next night and wins. So uh, we'll see if it happens.
4: So speaking of bounce backs, mm-hmm. do the Cavaliers have any bounce back in them no, to even the, take the one is, game in the series This is over. over? LeBron's yeah, already over. talking about being tired. He's really spent it's,
1: already.
3: It's he did over. just play forty six minutes. He did. You know we had a plus yeah. seven in forty six minutes LeBron. and they lost by five. Yeah. He's, no, I know. It's he's over. he's talking about being tired, mm. but is he talking about engineering his way to the San Antonio Spurs yet? Now that's the question. Mm. Oh no! So I'm here. here Lakers. 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 How many? How many, how many times can? How many right. times can he come back to Cleveland?
4: Now yeah. you know, he finally <laughs> won him a championship, but right. Yeah, right. I mean, can he even? First off, going do anywhere. they burn his jersey this time, though? That's what I want to know. Why would he go yeah. anywhere? He's got a cakewalk to the NBA Finals each year. Yeah. They weren't threatened at all I mean, in look, any way, shape, east, or form. Exactly. They can add something. And then if Golden State doesn't play as well, or somebody gets hurt, or yeah. Cleveland actually gets its act together. Or somebody gets suspended. Right. Because that it,
3: happens. It does happen.
4: We know how this goes. It's a copycat league.
3: So it's a copycat league for the players, too. So there's... You know, top 10 guys around the league going, hey, can I get out of my contract and go play for a team that's going to yeah. win the championship? LeBron, right.
6: Leonard, it, and Aldridge. Right. Except LeBron sure? doesn't
4: go to them anymore. They, yeah. they come to LeBron
6: oh, no is question the way it's got to it. work. Yep, yep, yep. All right, Brian, thank you. Have a great weekend. Oh, uh, we'll do so. Yeah.
3: Say hi, say hi to Sean Wheeler I, for I me. Do, I'll do that. It is Lucas in the morning. Lucas in the morning, Bill Johnson, Rob Vogel, and the good doctor, Dr. J, joining us over there. It's at B Johnson 613 on Twitter, at Rob Vogel, that's two B's, or at uh, Joel Finkelstein, no Finkelman. Oh, Joel, there we go, yeah. Joel Finkelman. Uh, By the, the way, the, I have a
1: parody beard account someone made. Oh, really? I saw that. Yeah. Yeah, very it's, nice. It's actually not me. Now, I think it's probably... Someone maybe uh, in the building. Come on! But I, I don't know. I don't know the name yet of who uh, who put this together. <laughs> but they are tweeting out just Wisconsin hot takes, basically all day long from that account.
4: Well, I know it's not me. I know it's not Bill, and I'm pretty sure it's not Andy Baggett. That is the Joel Finkelman's beard.
1: I think it might be Armin Sarian potentially in Milwaukee. Okay. That, that's my guess. All right, there we go.
3: Speaking of Andy Baggett, he joins <laughs> us now from uh, UWBadgers.com. Hi, Andy. How are you?
8: Guys, I'm well, and you? Great.
3: We're doing all right. I, I, we just talked about the ups and downs of a, a young baseball team a little bit with Tom Hodricourt, where on Wednesday night I, I saw Jacob Barnes, and I thought he threw the the perfect pitch, the the 93-mile-an-hour cutter, low inside corner, absolutely unhittable. Um, felt great when I was listening in yesterday in the 10th inning as they had him ready to go, and, and he just didn't have it, unfortunately. But that that's the ups and downs of a young team, I guess.
8: It is. I think there's. Uh, I'm not. I, I've never seen a study on this, but it, it'd be. I'm wondering what is the most difficult part of your team to to get through a process like this? Is it is it the offense? Is it is it your defense? Is it is it your bullpen? Is your starting pitching? What is the deal? Right now, I, I think we've seen examples of all those issues uh, throughout the, the the portion of the season that we've seen. But I would think that right now most inconsistently or consistently because if it's inconsistency is the bullpen and uh, I think we're uh, you just don't know what you're gonna get from day to day you think you've got some really good pieces there and and what your eyes tell you is that there's some good pitching there but it's not it, learning how to be consistent is a difficult thing and that's what that bullpen is trying to figure out
4: All right, we know it's a young season there's still a long way to go in this marathon that is a major league baseball season but if I tell you guys hitting 414 With a 1.213 OPS uh, and batting leadoff for the team, playing good defensively at shortstop. You're probably thinking I'm talking about some Hall of Fame guy here or, you know, an Alex Rodriguez from back in the day, something like that. How in the world does an Eric Sogard do something like this? Where does he come from? A guy who has no numbers or track record that would indicate that this would happen.
8: It's exactly why we do this job. Stories like this, guys like this guy's wearing glasses that the, he doesn't look like the prototypical major leaguer he, you know he goes a little there's a little throwback to, to chris sabo if people remember chris oh, Sabo yeah from playing for cincinnati wore, wore the old athletic specs and uh it's that's why it's fun i think that's why the that's why it to me no matter what the rebuilding issues were with the brewers that's why it's fun to follow a team like them in their current state because of stories like him you just don't know what you're going to get you you never know when when a star is going to going to come uh, out of the out of the darkness and 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 play well for you and you know he seems to have the right attitude about it uh, which which is something that i think we we can all appreciate and uh, you hope that there are more stories like this in the brewer's farm system coming up.
3: well and and the other thing about the 2017 brewers you know, a lot of times with the Brewers, it was kind of as Braun goes, so go the Brewers, and Braun has been hurt uh, most of this season so far. But they haven't had one guy that they've just leaned on the whole time. Thames obviously got off to the hot start, but it seems like every day, you know, it's somebody different. Sometimes it's Shaw. The other day, VR had a nice game. Finally, you know, it, it's sometimes Jed Bandy had some big hits earlier in the season. It seems like they're getting it from different guys every day.
8: And you would think that that's that's the the model that uh, that this team wants to have—it's—it's not going to be—it's not going to be heavily leaning. The offense isn't going to rely so much on, on a guy like Braun. It's not going to be on two or three guys. It's going to be on the versatility and the uh, the consistency of guys up and down the lineup. And that's again one of the more promising elements of the Brewers is that there seem to be pieces that. Uh, that you can move around from, from position to position, from up and from where they are in the batting order, and, and they don't seem to be phased too much by what the responsibilities call for. And, and I think that they, again, when you're following a team like the Brewers that are air quotes now rebuilding, um, it, it's those stories are the ones that are fun to find and, and the ones that are really fun to follow.
4: Any, we were discussing this morning uh, here, and when we had Tom Hardicourt on as well, asked him the question about Albert Pujols hitting his 600th home run last week. Why? Why does nobody care? What was your? I guess maybe. What was your reaction to him doing it and becoming in that in that in that club? It's exclusive. He's only the ninth person to do it.
8: Well, I I think when we for those of us who saw him in Lewis, I thought it was a foregone conclusion that he was going to get the 600. It's like <laughs> whatever. Uh, I think had he not gotten there, had uh, he broken down with the injuries and that type of thing, and not gotten there, would have been it probably would have gotten more acclaim. I just think it was it was to me the way he played that ten year was about a ten year stretch for the for the Cardinals. You thought seven hundred was possible. You thought a lot of things were possible. And I think uh, when he moved to California and and uh, started playing for a different team. Uh, I think injuries caught up with them quite a bit, and and inconsistencies caught up with him quite a bit, and age caught up with them. And I think it's uh, I when it, when I saw it, it was it, to me it was more expected than it was. Uh, mm-hmm. Oh my gosh, this is something we should uh, wave a flag about because it's such a a monumental milestone. But it is. It's a small group, and it, there's some pretty um, uh, amazing names in the group that he's in, and and uh, I'm. I'm Again, I thought it was a foregone conclusion that he'd get there.
4: Something, Andy and Bill, I wonder, too, if it's just kind of become old hat. I was just looking at the list of the nine that have done it now – Six, you could say, sort of pretty much played in the same era. Whether you go with Pool Hole, Sammy Sosa, Jim Tome, Ken Griffey Jr., Alex Rodriguez, Barry Bonds. They all played in a relatively, you know, right. similar time frame here that we're talking about. So we've seen it done so much. We love something new when it happens. All right. Maybe a second time it's kind of cool. But six out of the nine, that's a lot. It's almost coming. It's happening all the time or every couple of years. It's not that, it, while it is an exclusive club, it's not new to what we've seen lately.
8: And there's also that little asterisk that uh, pops up in people's mind, whether, whether you want to or not, about what the underlying elements of, of this era of, of performance-enhancing drugs and, and those types of things. I, I think that's also part of the of the thought process that people do this. Is Albert Pujols in that group? I, I've seen no evidence of, of that he is, but it's guilt by association. And I think people's response to that, fans' response to that, if they have an aversion to... The performance-enhancing drugs, they they tend to tune it out more.
3: Well, Andy, the other thing too, and I, and I think what it's morphed into, it's not guys that have gotten that have tested positive and been punished for steroids. It's guys that played in the steroid era. Right. Um, they all get lumped in fairly or unfairly. And and the other thing that's almost kind of gotten covered up by this. Remember when we used to talk about the juiced ball? I mean, is is the juiced ball just a fantasy, or was the juiced <laughs> ball actually just juiced hitters?
8: Well, I, without having put my hands on a juice ball, or see, I, I think you know, I think it was a it was it was a method to explain statistical phenomenons that, that we saw. I think that, that there were, I don't know that there was a juice ball. I think that the I think there have been places where the ball flies differently. I think stadiums are are different now and and newer with the with easier with bigger alleys and and uh, uh, shorter fences and those types of things. So I think that that. that factors into it but the juice ball always made me curious because I just didn't I couldn't get my arm my my very small brain around the fact that uh (laughs) that that was that that was a way to uh that that was having such an immense effect on on the offenses in major league baseball
4: and all those things play into it whether it's the ball whether it's the players being juiced themselves and not to mention how the game has changed that in the last whatever say 20 years you know the old commercial about chicks dig the longbow. Mm-hmm. Everybody's swinging for the fences. Nobody cares if they strike out. They are swinging for the yeah. fences. Where back in the Hank Aaron, Willie Mays, Mickey Mantle days, they still actually talked about their batting average. And Hank Aaron was a line drive hitter and took pride in getting over 3,000 hits as well, besides just the home runs, that it was more than just a one-trick pony sort of thing.
8: No, And bat flips, you know, that that's a huge thing now. <laughs>
4: I've heard about those, that's for sure.
3: That's when uh, when Rob has bat flipping at the end of practice with his 10-year-old. Yes, you know? we
4: work on that every every day, no doubt
8: about it. <laughs>
3: Thank you, Andy. We appreciate it.
8: Enjoy your weekends, guys. Thank
3: right. you too, Andy. That is Andy Baggett from UWBadgers.com. Hey, right now, boy, the weather has been gorgeous over the last few days, the last couple of weeks. It reminds you that Summerfest is just around the corner. We've got a four-pack of general admission tickets for Summerfest, and we're going to give them away right now to caller number five. Caller number five. 887 729 1070. 887 729 1070. You can get in on Summerfest tickets. It's Lucas in the Morning. Lucas
0: in the Morning Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.
3: We're gonna have more of those Summerfest tickets to give away before the end of the show. You've been
4: uh, you've uh, been there many times. I've only been there once, I think.
3: Yeah, we I I grew up in the Milwaukee area, so we would go all the time, and you know I saw some great stuff there. I saw. The most memorable thing I think that I saw there um, was a comedian. I saw Lewis Black at Mm, Summerfest, and uh, he's a Milwaukee guy. I don't know how many people are where. He's a Milwaukee guy, and he was at one of the tents at Summerfest, and it was one of those rare occasions where the crowd wasn't huge. It was a good crowd, but it wasn't like some of the big time acts you see at summerfest at those side stages it's so crowded that it's hard to enjoy it mm-hmm. but he and he was he was hysterical i mean he was really funny but i mean i saw the other thing that stands out for me from going there uh my friends and i saw weird al yankovic uh 3 years in a row uh and he kept moving up to bigger stages cuz he kept getting more and more popular nice. and they were they were incredible but i mean over the years like just all kinds of different bands i mentioned i saw I saw Head East when I was 12 years old mm-hmm. <laughs> at Summerfest.
4: It's been so long. This is how long it was since I was at Summerfest. Um, it works for this year because Darius Rucker is coming to town. Uh, he'll be playing sure. out at Bree Stevens Field part of the American Family Championship that's here. Uh, I saw him with Hootie and the Blowfish. that okay. They were performing on not the big Marcus Theater, but one of on, uh, the other uh, was
3: stages. This at the at the peak of their powers, or was this
4: afterward? Uh I guess that would be a, a little bit of both, maybe kind of on the downside yeah. of it because I lived in Milwaukee 97 to 2000. So I feel like uh, Crack Rear View and all that came out in mm-hmm. the, because I was have been in Grand Forks, so that it was somewhere it had been in the 94 to 97 yeah. range. Yeah, yeah, so. you're right. You're so right. it would have been the album or two kind of after that. Still big, but not big as playing the entire, you know, Miller Park type big See, or
6: something like that.
3: I think it's a win for them when they. When they get a hot act and they book them on one of the side stages. Yep. But part of the problem then is the crowd that you have when they book a, a hot act on the side stages. It was, I think it was probably three or four years ago, Imagine Dragons played mm-hmm. at one of the side stages, and it was just as they were hitting big. And they had people backed up all the way to the lake to see that thing. And sure. the other one that I remember from, and it's from more than a few years ago, but at the Harley stage, they had Hank Williams Jr. play. One
4: night, he's coming back. Did you oh, hear Monday night football? I, I they're did. bringing I, him back. I,
3: I heard about that. Yeah, yeah.
4: I, we when we went down to the uh, Final Four for the Badgers down in Texas, uh, they had on. So this is the day after. This is Sunday, the day after the Badgers had lost to Kentucky in that great game. Bruce Springsteen played, and oh boy. it was a, it was a free concert down on whatever I don't know if it was Millennium uh, Park, uh, something like that, not Millennial Millennium Park, and it was. I thought it was perfect because. It rained just a little bit. It was pretty light, not enough to like stop a huge Springsteen fan like me from going. Sure, sure. But enough to dampen a little bit of the crowd that might have showed up, so I could have gotten. I kind of got decent enough seats. you yeah, like, not yeah. seats because everybody was just standing in the park to be able to see that. But a free concert when you're seeing a big name act or somebody like that, like in my case, who I love, Springsteen, to see. Best way to do it. It's, it's nothing like free stuff. Well, and the and only as good as it gets.
3: The only thing about a free concert and no seats. For as long as Bruce plays, you got to sit down for a little while,
4: don't you? Yeah, we just kept moving around. It was nice because it was loose enough with the crowd not being overflow because of the the weather that you could kind of walk around a little bit and just find a different place in the park to stand or watch stuff and do something. How many
3: times have you seen him?
4: Oh, uh, I'd need two hands. It's at least double digits. Yeah, uh, yeah. Sure. but I've seen. It, I've like. I've seen him different places. I've seen him in Dallas. I've seen him in Chicago. Seen him in Milwaukee. Seen him in Madison. Seen him in the Twin Cities, both in Minneapolis and St. Paul, yeah. uh, at different times during the run.
3: I don't know how many times Drew has seen him, but I mean, he's I, he's got to be up, boy, and, and he can correct me on this. I bet he's up near fifty.
4: The one I've time I him. didn't see him that I was going to that I was ticked was uh, we were down in Florida. It Was when I played golf with Annika Sorenstam, I and it was in uh, we were in Palm Beach. And my brother-in-law was with me, and we had nothing to do this particular night. like, you know, Springsteen's playing down in Miami. That's not that far tonight. We could go down to the show, make it back. We figured out the dollars and the cab ride or whatever it was going to take. It was like an Uber ride, like you're a Buffalo Bill getting a ride from Chicago all the way to Buffalo. Or Devon House looking for a ride from the Twin Cities. We decided not to. Next morning, we wake up and find out that Bono went on stage with him. Oh, jeez. So like, ah, <laughs> our two guys right there together. My brother-in-law, who's a huge U2 fan, we had our chance and missed out on that one. So,
3: so here's my tale of woe mm-hmm. with regard to Bruce Springsteen. Um, so it, Born in the USA came out, what, 82? 84. 80, oh, it was then. Yep. Yeah. Yeah, uh, it, so it must have been right before Born in the USA came out, because I was still in high school, mm-hmm. and my, my best friend's mom had a connection with the people that were selling the tickets for Alpine Valley. Okay. And we said, well, you know, that's great. We want to see Bruce Springsteen. And as soon as the date came out, she got us the tickets to see Bruce Springsteen, and we were going to go see Springsteen. You know, it was going to be one of those bucket list moments for us, right? Right. So then we, we talked to her about the date for the the show. And she said, well, you guys have the wrong date for the show. Oh, I'm, no. I'm like, what do you mean we have the wrong date for the show? We, this is when, when the show is? She says, no, look at the tickets. Here's the date. My buddy's mom, who's not the biggest rock fan of all time, uh-huh. had gotten us tickets to see Rick Springfield. Oh! <laughs> <laughs> oh nice. boy. Yeah, yeah. Jesse's Girl. Jessie, A lot of hits this, in there. Jesse's Girl, yeah. yeah. yeah music. When, you know, and um, so long story short, uh, my buddy's little sister and a friend ended up going to see Rick Springfield out at Alpine Valley, Very and I nice. never and I never saw Bruce Springsteen.
4: Uh, only time, by the way, uh, great timing for you to ask when it uh, came out. June fourth, nineteen eighty four, was when Born in the USA uh, wow. was released. So we're just past the uh, anniversary. Only concert I ever saw at Alpine Valley was the Who's twenty fifth Tommy anniversary. Oh, in, in uh, 89? 89. We went to I was a whole there. bunch of fans. We came down. Which, the Dead had just been in town before I was that. At the, I was at the Dead before <laughs> okay. that. You could see the, <laughs> the remnants of what the crowd that was left behind uh, for the the Dead. And then we went to see my cousin, who was at Marquette at the time, and go see uh, a Brewers game at County Stadium on the Sunday after.
3: Yeah, that was an interesting week. I, I saw the, the last two nights of a three-night run for the Grateful Dead. Then we had Thursday off. And then, uh, and then we went and saw the Who, and it was interesting. That was, and I don't know if this was the only reason, but that was the last time that the Grateful Dead played at Alpine Valley. Okay, um, Dead and Company has played there since, and then I think they were welcomed back in 2004 as just the Dead. Yeah, but the it was the last time that the, you know, the real Grateful Dead, the Jerry Garcia led Grateful Dead, uh, would play at Alpine Valley, and that was that was the night we, we referred to it as Bowling for Hippies. Because sure. I, I went, I went and saw the I saw the Grateful Dead nine times, and one time that I saw him, one run that I saw him on at Alpine, it was dry. I mean, dry, 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 where everybody would come out covered in dust after the show. Other than that, it always rained at Grateful Dead shows, and we we had this th- this little game we played called bowling for hippies. Uh, it, we would just watch people because. Nobody, of course, at a Grateful Dead show comes prepared with any kind of rain gear. Sure. So you see these guys walking around. They don't around. care if they yeah, get wet. Exactly. It doesn't matter. Nah, but you see these guys walking around, you know, about you know four grams of mushrooms deep, and they've got um, garbage bags on that they're wearing for for you know rain protection. But when these guys stumble and fall with the garbage cans on on the wet hill at Alpine Valley, they just keep on going down the hill and you can just see people dropping as they uh, as they fell
4: on either side of them. As we hear Bruce uh, playing us off here, I did send a wedding invitation to Bruce. Oh, you did? Oddly, he did not uh, (laughs) respond or show up. But I do know of a story where he showed up at at this wedding in Montana in the middle of nowhere because he was in this little bar and he happened to know somebody in the wedding, which is why he's there. Next thing you know, he's up on stage jamming for the reception afterwards. Small, you know, dive bar in the middle of nowhere, Montana. I love those stories. There's the wedding celebration. Yeah, I I love
3: those stories. It is Lucas in the Morning.
4: Bill, someone, like Dr. J, might have said that entire last segment would fall into the ugly category of the good, bad, and the ugly. Agreed. But we really now have the good, bad, and the ugly of the week that was. We've talked about a lot of things, but a few things that maybe have slipped through the cracks from this past sports week. Starting with something that we have discussed a bit, but there's even a better moment coming out of this moment of good.
2: The one, two. Breaking ball. Can't last the line. This one's got a chance to go. Goal! Number 600. The 600 home run club just got bigger. Albert Pujols, you're its newest member.
4: And Pujols will become the ninth member of that 600 home run club, hitting that last Saturday a grand slam against uh, (coughs) the Minnesota Twins. Anyway, uh, the ball was caught out in the outfield by a gentleman by the name of Scott Steffel, 23 year old, lifelong LA Angels fan. Now, LA Angels of Anaheim. He caught the ball, stuck right in his glove, got piled on on top for his trouble. Security got him, brought him in with his brother to bring the home run ball in. He got to be interviewed. He got his 15 minutes of fame. You know what he did with that ball then, Bill? He just gave it to Albert. Yeah. No, didn't ask for anything. Didn't want to try to sell it for any money. Didn't demand some jerseys and bats and autographs in exchange for poodles. He gave him a big hug. They posed for a picture for a second, and boom. That was it. He said, it's not my ball, it's his. He deserves it. He's one of the best baseball players right now and of all time.
3: That's so cool. Could you have done that? Yeah, absolutely. You know, the the guy that caught Hank Aaron's last home run Mm -hmm. still has it.
4: 7.55, the one he did at County Stadium? Yeah. Really?
3: And and it's all because he's been holding out that long to try and get more money out of it. And uh, between Hank Aaron and various auctioneers and everybody else, he never got it.
4: Really? How much are you holding out? That's got to go I remember back in the Sosa-McGuire home run chase years, we bought a whole bunch of tickets for when the Cardinals came to County Stadium, and I had friends coming down from the Twin Cities to try to get what would— he had already broken the record by the time he got there of 62 in a year. Uh, But we were trying to get what might be his last one of the year so we could have the ball to try to sell it and make some money. Well, and and
3: ironically enough, we were talking a little bit off the air about the Braves of that era Mm -hmm. back in the day. When Hank Aaron hit number 715 to break the record— there was a, a, a $25,000 award that was being offered to that. I think it was from a TV company. Mm-hmm. It might have been Zenith that was offering $25,000 for yep. the ball. Yep. Well, the ball went into the bullpen, and the guy that caught it was Tom House, right. who we talked picture. about it brief, briefly. But if you watch that highlight, you see the left fielder trying to jump over the chain-link fence to get the ball. Bill Buckner. Billy Buckner.
5: Yes, indeed.
3: Who, who we would hear
4: from years later. Well, that's not all. Major League Baseball also produced some bad this past week. One thing I gotta say about Strickland—he hit me in the right spot, so I do, you know, respect
3: him for that. Um, he didn't come, you know, up and in at my face or anything like that, which some guys
1: do. So um, I respect him on that level because he could have came up and in and you know got me somewhere that
3: you don't want to get hit in, and uh, he got me in the hip and you know things like that. But I mean, there's sometimes where it's just not not relevant.
4: Not relevant, and uh, a bit of a black eye for baseball with Bryce Harper, Hunter Strickland getting in that fight after the bean ball between the uh, uh, Washington Nationals, almost called them the Senators, and the San Francisco Giants. But don't let a black eye stop you from trying to profit from it, right, Major League Baseball? (laughs) On their website, they put up for auction Strickland's game-worn jersey and hat, and we're taking bids for that jersey and the hat. So Major League Baseball trying to make some money just before bidding was set to close Major League Baseball obviously somebody pointed out the error in their ways and logic on this one, took the bidding auction see, items down. Did you guys see
1: what the price was before they took it down? It was uh, like $150. Like That's it? No, no no, no. <laughs> no, no.
4: Well, the current bid, the last one they had, was $1,500. Oh, okay. I missed a yeah, zero. I think you <laughs> may just missed a zero. They were up to $1,500, so they did take like it down. I like $150, will buy that. That's why you're not an accounting For Dr. their J. part, <laughs> at least none of Bryce Harper's uh, items of wear got on that well, site.
3: If, if baseball really wanted teams to stop throwing it, guys, you know, it's Six months later, in these stupid retribution things, if they really wanted him to stop, they could. But they don't want them to stop. It's it's clear. They, they want this to stay a part of the game.
4: Some more bad this week. Uh, we talked a bit about, uh, and especially with Jeff Patrikas, the Ohio State coaching search after Thad Mata. Right. Resigned, retired, stepped down, fired, whatever you want to call it. Well, there were reports about Fred Hoiberg, the Chicago Bulls coach, who used to coach at Iowa State. They were interested in him. They apparently were looking at Greg McDermott at Creighton mm-hmm. as well. Badger fans know him from last year, uh, beating the Badgers. Reportedly, Greg McDermott said no to them, making that the third coach that's turned them down. Ohio State got some issues there, Wait, Bill, trying to find a head coach.
1: Greg McDermott is uh, what Dougie McBucket's dad, right? Correct. That's I mean, true. Correct. Okay, I just, wanted to, I just wanted to make sure. Oh. Yes, yes he is. I wasn't wrong about that. It wasn't a digital. Yeah, you're,
3: you're always going to kind of be the ugly stepchild when you're the basketball coach at Ohio State. They are a distant second to the football team.
4: But still a national program basketball-wise, they can attract top recruits, and you would think attract top coaches. Now, granted, this is a little late in the game to be trying to get a coach in June, but it's not the first time that it's ever happened.
3: It's, it's interesting, though. Every time they attract top recruits, they also attract the attention of the NCAA, it would
4: seem. Well, that happens sometimes, and it can get ugly out there in the world of college sports. No doubt about that, Bill, especially at Michigan State.
2: Prescott line, LJ Scott. The backfield, they are offset behind Tyler O'Connor, takes the snap, gives it to Scott, running off the left side, the ball's not close, inside the 35, scooped up by Musso at the 40, left side to the 50, Musso 45 to the 40, spins away from O'Connor at the 30, at the 20, at the 10, the 5, touchdown Wisconsin, Leo Musso, the scoop and the score from a long ways away, and the Badgers lead it 19-6.
4: to Badger fans will remember that big road victory in East Lansing this year. Touchdown, Wisconsin! Thank you very much, Matt LePay. Michigan State, a top-10 team at the time when the Badgers crushed them on the road, and that started a downward spiral for Mark D'Antonio's team all season long, and then that's continued here into the offseason. This past week, three players were charged with sexual assault after a lengthy investigation into a January accusation. Uh, players Donnie Corley, Josh King, and Dimitri Vance All were charged regarding a woman's allegation that she was sexually assaulted in a campus apartment on January 16th. This investigation bill has gone on for quite some time. Mark D'Antonio for a long time didn't even address it, then did a little bit. He's had some issues on the field this past season. I mentioned with an awful season and some uh, other players who have been let go of the program recently for other reasons. Michigan State kind of teetering in one of those spots because they've been a power in the Big Ten for the last... Ten years at least under Mark D'Antonio, but uh, this more than just a black eye. This has got some issues for their program, right? Yeah,
3: now. no, I, I would agree, and and this is why you know when when I have my recruits fill out the personality form, mm-hmm. all the guys that say interests and number one is video games. <laughs> Right. I'm taking. I'm taking that guy. I want that guy.
4: Yeah, because he's
3: gonna. Because if anything, he's gonna be tired at practice, but he's gonna stay home.
4: Right. Well, Michigan State has had uh, had some trouble with some other players that have been let go as well. Uh, one other bit of ugly before we shove off here. Uh, Derek Fisher, former NBA player, NBA coach with the New York Knicks. He had a, a crash. He rolled over a car. It got uh, believed to be a DUI. Um, that car because was containing Derek Fisher and um, one Gloria Govan. I believe mm-hmm. is how you pronounce her name. Gloria Govan is the uh, ex-wife of Matt Barnes. That car was also registered to Matt Barnes. It's been a uh, love triangle that's been in the news. Yeah, it's it's just
3: interesting though when you see somebody like that just spiraling out of control. Is it unfair of me to say that Derek Fisher is spiraling out of control? Well, I don't think so. think So, so. Yeah,
4: he got let go for not being a good coach, and he's had some issues off the court as well. But that. No issue with that. It was a great addition of the good, bad, and the ugly, right? That's why Dr. J is smiling. I, I would agree. Thank last, you. Last call coming up, Lucas in the morning.
3: <music> last call on Lucas in the morning, and Rob, I'm horribly predictable, as always. Um, last call for me. We haven't talked about the Packers here during the offseason that much. But their number 1 and only mission during this offseason is to find a number 1 cover corner. If they don't do that, they're going to be a miserable failure next year. And a miserable failure for the Packers is not winning the Super Bowl.
4: Well, I think, Bill, they've either already had to have found it or not, because you're not going out looking for anything. You're not trading for anything. Your draft is over with. The only decision to make now is whether or not Darrell Rivas has anything left at all in the tank. There's no decision. That's been made, and Darrell has made that. He's got nothing left in the tank. My last call tonight, NBA game Finals game number four tonight. Who you got?
3: Who I got tonight? I got the Golden State Warriors. uh, LeBron's too tired? Yeah, the confetti's going to fall in Cleveland, and they're all going to be bitter, and, you know, Cleveland rocks.
4: We'll see all those The Land t-shirts walking out the door (laughs) as Golden State is celebrating uh, their second title in three years. Doc, quick last
3: call. Oh,
4: I was just going to
1: say it's over
3: in Cleveland. (laughs) It's over. That's all I'm going to say. All right. Thanks uh, to you guys. Uh, My first week subbing for Lukey went great. Uh, Four more tickets for Summerfest right now. Caller number five. Caller number five. 887-729-1070. 887-729-1070. It is Lucas in the morning.